Welcome to episode 135 of the 200 Churches Podcast. Everybody steps down from all of their positions, especially the board members. The pastor then had the opportunity to handpick their own board member, a lean, mean team that would then make all the decisions in the church as the church was trying to turn things around. They made the financial decisions, the ministry decisions. All these committees were disbanded. I couldn't believe it. Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast, where every Wednesday we produce a fresh episode of ministry encouragement for pastors of small churches. Now here are two guys who, like you, serve in the trenches of small church ministry. The pen and teller of ministry podcasts, Jeff and Johnny. It is August 19th. You're listening to the best of 200 Churches Podcast. I'm Johnny Craig. And I'm Jeff Cady, and I am back, Johnny. You're back. I'm back from sabbatical. How was it? I want to ask you, how was my message this past Sunday? So good. Uh, My first day back. I've been working on this message literally (laughs) all last week. Yeah, that's what I thought. So, you know, it's it was kind of cool for me to be gone when all the college students were gone. That was a bummer for me. I'm not going to lie. I never get that every... I mean, it's the first summer I've ever had a sabbatical. Because I love the students. I I mean, I know you love the students too, but like, I get my life blood from these students a lot of times, and you left me. It's kind of ironic. There's no students around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you get get our church minus college students for the summer. The median age goes up to 20 years. But it does. No kidding. It really does. But you... Also had some breaks in the summer. We had some speakers here. We grew 300 members. Amen, brother. Amen. (laughs) You know, again, if you're listening. I'm JK. If you're listening, and obviously you are, you wouldn't be listening. We are recording this in April. You didn't have to say that. Uh, you've already see. You already spilled the beans a, a month ago. Well, they didn't know we were recording them all. We are recording in April. We are for of the 2012 entire summer. Now we're of also foresight. watching our Twitter feed. We're watching yeah. our Facebook. We're in. We're in the small church pastor group. You Keeping know. Up. We're on our we're on our two hundred churches dot com website. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, we've got uh, we've got stuff. We've got blog posts. And Johnny, you've had a lot of videos this summer. Your Monday morning videos yeah. that have been excellent. Um, well, I've enjoyed them anyway because it's when I get to see you and listen to you, but you can't talk back to me. But I'm not. Yeah, I'm not calling you on the phone. No. incessantly. No. Right. Well, except for the few times you just <laughs> needed to. But anyway, it was just so hard. Today is a legendary episode. This is, a be- this is the best of the best of the best of. It, you know, it re- I might be over the top. It reminds me. It's a good one. It reminds me of of in nineteen eighty one. Oh, that was a good year. It was a good year, man. I was negative five. My father and I would watch on ESPN, oh. which they still had like cardboard backdrops in the ESPN studios. I back love then, it. That we watched legendary pocket billiard stars. And one of these legendary stars lived right in our in our community, and I used to go and just he and I would be in this showroom room with a showroom table, and he would run fourteen pool balls, and I would rack the fourteen up. For Are him. you serious? And he would run again. Yeah, nine time world champion. You knew a famous billiards player, Irving the Deacon Crane. Now we have listeners who most certainly think that billiards is sinful. Hey. 
If you go on YouTube, the man and look was named the Deacon. The Deacon. The Deacon. I, I just want to apologize to our more conservative listeners. Jeff is very sorry for sharing this sinful tale. Hey, if you go now, this is cool. This is a little piece of my history. <laughs> if you go on YouTube okay. and look up Irving with an I, Irving the Deacon Crane, okay. with a C, they, yeah, you will see him playing the likes of Minnesota Fats, Joe Balsis. These aren't real UJ words. Jay Puckett. I mean, these are the legendary pocket you, billiard stars. Did you have a stroke? What are you no, saying? These are, these are legendary pocket billiard stars, wow. man. I and love it. I learned at the feet, at the end of the stick of Irving Crane. This is why you're I so good at that billiards. little pool game on your phone. Oh, yeah, eight ball pool. Oh, That's man. why you're so good at that. Oh, I tell Don't you. go against Jeff at eight ball pool. Don't do it. See, because I see the shots. Rough you I see the shots on the table. I know what that cue ball can do. That eight ball pool app let me tell you what that's realistic that is so realistic i love it so much this episode brought to you by eight ball pool so this is a as in the in the vein of the legendary pocket billiard stars this is a legendary episode yes with none other than dave the animal jacobs our small church pastor coach he's the man from oregon oregon from oregon I think origami. Oregon. I think it's Oregon. And smallchurchpastor.com. Dave yeah. is going to talk about what to do if you have a dysfunctional church board. And then next week, he's going to do one for your board called What to Do If You Have a Dysfunctional Pastor. Oh, snap. <laughs> That's not true. The, while you're listening, my favorite part of this, my favorite part of this episode, he makes three points, one, two, three. The second point is what are boards supposed to do? Oh, my goodness. When Dave talks about what church boards are supposed to do, seriously, perk up your ears. This is like shout it from the mountaintops. Yeah. Go cut a copy of this on a CD and give it to every member of your board. Or if they're a real old, like a cassette tape. You know, seriously, an if, eight track. If you dare, a 45. If you dare, sit down with your board and listen to this episode. If you, if you dare, I love <laughs> I'm it. Seriously, I mean, That's this would be one, fantastic. That's a good one. And, and if you wanted to find this episode, you'd have to go all the way back to episode 58. 58. Way back in the early 2014. It was the aughts. The, yeah. 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 So uh, so here it is. Here it is, our conversation with Dave Jacobs. Welcome again to Dave Jacobs, the coach to small church pastors. Dave, it's good to have you on today. It's great to be here. We are going to talk today about working with a dysfunctional church board. Is this your favorite topic? Well, I don't know if it's a it's a frustrating topic because it's it's out there so much, you know. And uh, oftentimes, I'm asked, "What are, what are some common things that you run into when coaching pastors?" And so many times, you know, they're just they're dealing with board members that are hard to work with, or just shouldn't be in the position that they're in. Uh, and that's why the, the only word that comes up to my mind is is dysfunctional. So it's uh, when I'm able to help a pastor in this area, I, I know it really touches upon his everyday life and the life of the church because, you know, we're always dealing with a board. Dave, to, to get us started, can you define dysfunctional? What What are the markings of a dysfunctional board? First of all, a dysfunctional board doesn't really know, uh, first of all, what it is they're supposed to be doing. They think they know what they're supposed to be doing, but usually uh, they're wrong. That's one sign of dysfunction. Another <laughs> sign of dysfunction is that the members of the board um, aren't deeply spiritual themselves. You know? And so we, we put men, sometimes women, into positions 
you know, where they're making all these kind of decisions affecting the church, but they're, they're not deeply spiritual themselves. And then it just seems that, um, and this goes back to the fact that they don't understand what they should be doing. Uh, they just oppose the pastor uh, right and left, oftentimes uh, almost tie the pastor's hands to be the leader that he or she has been called to be. Uh, that would work, That's where I would begin in defining dysfunctional. Now, what is the goal of a church board? All of us have church boards that we have to work with. Yes. What is, what is the goal? What does a healthy pastor-board relationship look like? Here's the frustrating part. I'm going to share some things with you, what I see, but a lot of your listeners are going to hear what, what I think, you know, uh, a good board should be or do, and, and they're going to be very frustrated. And they're going to say, not only is that not my board, but there's really nothing I can do about it. The way that our church government has been structured, it's just all set up, and uh, I, I didn't uh, choose these people, uh, and nothing's ever going to change. Uh, I don't believe that's true, but that's the frustration that uh, a lot of pastors have with their boards. Some churches, uh, you know, the way they're set up, the pastor chooses their board, has a wonderful relationship but a lot of times not. So I'm often asked, you know, what is the, the role of the church board? Usually church board members say that um, uh, our job is to help the pastor take care of the church. And I always say, no, that's not your job. That's your maybe your second job. The first job, in my opinion, of a church board is to take care of the pastor. And then the second job of the church board is to help the pastor take care of the church. Somehow we have to find a way to help our board members understand that being on a board is a spiritual role, even though business and management come into play. And so the board has to find a way to enable the pastor to lead with minimal but adequate accountability. And the, But the big thing is the whole spiritual aspect of leading. So I really believe, once again, the number one job of the board is to take care of the pastor, make sure that the pastor is protected make sure the pastor is adequately uh, paid, make sure that the pastor is taking days off, vacation time, being able to go away for conferences. This is the board's first job, take care of the pastor. It sounds like you want to create a pastoral affirmation society. <laughs> well, I, I, and then I say, what would be wrong with that? I mean, you know. Absolutely can, nothing. Can we in the ministry, I mean, can we have a, a too much affirmation? With so many things eating us down, really, who is in the pastor's corner? Who who are going to be the cheerleaders for the pastor? Uh, somebody has to be, and I think that in an ideal world, uh, it should start with the board. Talking to you is like wrapping up in a blanket that just came out of the dryer. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave, as you've worked with church boards, because I know you work with both pastors, but... You also do consulting and coaching with church boards. How receptive is a typical church board to this kind of a message? Well, you know, it's funny. The boards that really want help are easy to work with. The ones that don't want help, they're not going to hire me anyways. Uh, they, so I, I never have a chance really to work with a, a dysfunctional uh, board per se. There, there might be an individual 
on the board. But usually when I work with boards, the reason why they're coming to me is because, uh, you know, they want to be re-envisioned as a board. Uh, you know, they want to know what the purpose of a board is. Uh, they want help in setting a pastor's pay package and things. Uh, they want help in developing a pastor's job or ministry review. And so usually it's like so fun working with boards. It, it, you know, other than working with pastors, I love to work with boards. The, the boards that are dysfunctional, they tend to, when the pastor says, how about if we bring in a consultant, the boards that are dysfunctional usually say, I don't know why we need to spend money on that. We know what we're doing. We're doing just fine. Uh, why would some? Why would we want to listen to some outsider? So I usually don't get my hands on a, a, a dysfunctional board. Maybe with the functional boards, there might be like one individual that has a bit of a problem, but um, yeah, that's more of the norm. You know, I got to imagine that there are pastors out there thinking, I didn't even know such a person existed that would actually work with a church board. Now, how yeah. how long after you started working with pastors did you did you include church boards in your in your ministry in your business plan? Probably maybe two years into it, I began to realize that. Um, Pastors uh, can be so frustrated by their boards or a lot of their problems can be traced back to a, a dysfunctional board. I began to realize, you know, who is training the church boards? Who are helping the members of the boards? We, we put people in a board's position who typically have no experience in being on a church board. Maybe they were, you know, successful business people. Maybe they have their own business. Maybe they were even part of a nonprofit. But all of those things are so different than the life of the church. And I began to just kind of look online and talk to guys, and I realized I've never heard of anybody that trains boards. And so I just decided I need to do something about it. And, um, you know, and before I knew it, uh, a lot of guys were bringing me in, helping them with their board training. I love doing it. Now, have you heard since then of somebody else who does this? Boy, you know, I... No. I mean, there has to be. I mean, I think, you know, that there's got to be guys out there that are doing this that yeah. I'm just, not, you know, hearing about. Um, but, you know, it, it's certainly not uh, so um, prevalent in everything, you know, that that um, I'm saying, oh, yeah, this organization does it. And these guys do it. and These guys do it. Right. Uh, I just don't know a lot of guys that do it. Yeah. And, and I don't either. That's why I'm saying I know that pastors are listening to this and saying, I need help. Our church needs help. Or. You know, I've got a great board. I want my great board to become a fantastic board. Yeah, yeah, that's really true. Um, it, and it's funny because, like, I do work with some, like, really good and healthy boards. Usually when I'm brought in to do that kind of interaction with boards, it's because they're they're coming up against um, a, a real big decision, and they want some outside uh, perspective. And so we get, meet on the phone and, you know, we just ask a lot of questions and dialogue about things. It's really a, it tends to be a fruitful time. Dave, for the pastors listening who have dysfunctional boards, I mean, what do, what do you do? What, I mean, what steps can they take toward yeah. fixing that problem? I'm, I'm going to assume that a lot of the guys who have dysfunctional boards are in those, those church government structures where they don't have a lot of problems. Uh, 
power to change things. In other words, they can't change their church government structure. Uh, they, they can't, uh, you know, just fire a board member or else, you know, they'll be out of a job themselves. And so what is a pastor to do in a situation like that? I have a few suggestions. You know, first of all, um, you know, you really need to pray. And I know that should go without mention. But if you have a dysfunctional board member, we begin to pray that God would change their heart or that God would remove them from the board. Uh, maybe they'll, they'll move out of town. Maybe on their own they'll decide to, uh, to step down, you know, something, you know, like that. So we begin by praying. The next thing is the pastor really needs to be patient because changing a church board's kind of culture, its DNA, is going to take a long time. And so if, if you're if you got the patience and you're willing to put in the work, it might work. Now, notice I said it might work. It is hard to bring about change in a church, to bring about change in a board. Well, it's hard to bring about change in our own lives, isn't it? Yeah. You know, so I say you start out by prayer and then you establish a patience and then sometimes you have to be willing to invest relationally in the dysfunctional board members uh, sometimes it's a matter of you have to win their uh, their confidence, uh, and and this means you you spend time with them trying to develop a, a, f- a friendship. Once those kind of foundations are laid, then the process of re-educating a church board comes into play, and this is what really takes a long time. So we we begin to help them look at what the role of a board should be, and uh, at, it's at this point that sometimes I'm I'm brought in. But it's the whole re-education thing. So, man, if if you're listening today and you're in that uh, situation, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. It's going to be really, really hard for you to bring about change in your board, but not impossible. And with just a few steps, a lot of patience and prayer, you just might begin to see uh, some change. Now, Dave, have you ever seen a board so dysfunctional and so hopeless that you told a pastor you should quit? Yeah, I have. And it, and it's and it's not. It's usually not as simple as just the board. It's usually like the board and the church. There's really been only two times in over seven years of coaching pastors. There's only been two times where I've said, "I think you need to pack your bags and leave tomorrow." Hmm. And both times the pastors did, and both times they thanked me for it. What I do help pastors realize, I'll help them, you know, realize, you know, this is going to be hard. It's going to take a lot of time. You might not win this war. And so you have to evaluate, do you want to continue for X amount of years feeling like your hands are tied and that your heart is frustrated? Do you have the stamina to hang in there and still pastor under these circumstances? If you do, well, my hat's off to you. If not, then maybe you have to start thinking about moving on. And, you know, I think we all live in the tension of that. And I would tell a pastor... Stick it out, hang in there, be faithful. And I would equally and as assertively tell a pastor, if it's not the right place, you've only got one short life. Don't waste your time in a place where, you know, you you cannot be used of God. One more question, Dave. You you talked about seeing those churches where the church boards, you know, mandated the pastor just needs to leave town and get out of Dodge. But how about... How about describing to us, you know, names change to protect the guilty. Uh, describe yeah. to us uh, a success story. You know, what what work did you do when you went into when you went into consult with a board? Uh, and now we're talking about boards. I guess yeah, we're talking about boards and not pastors. But 
Describe a success story. Um, just kind of lay it out there for us. What what happened and, and how did it work? Well, one of the most amazing stories I heard was uh, a, a, a Presbyterian church, very old congregation, set in their ways, uh, run by multiple committees. You had a very traditional board that the pastor had to get everything approved from. And uh, these were like older people. Uh, you, they said they wanted to change uh, until they didn't. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you just you, you you couldn't you could just couldn't budge them. Now, what was happening, the church was slowly dying. And uh, I, I helped them realize how desperate their situation was. And we came up with a plan. I'll tell you, when the plan came, I, I didn't think it was going to work. I, I, I thought, you know, there's just no way that's going to work. But how much worse could it get? You know, and so the, the plan was to uh, have the church vote uh, on everybody steps down from all of their positions, especially the board members. The pastor then had the opportunity to, to hand pick their own board member, a lean, mean team that would then make all the decisions in the church as the church was trying to turn things around. They made the financial decisions, the ministry decisions. All these committees were disbanded. I couldn't believe it. The pastor was such a great leader that he actually successfully led that church in that kind of change. And those of us in the ministry, you, you hear that story and you go, man, that that was an almost impossible feat. But he put together his uh, his handpicked leadership team, and they were just so they were just good, you know. And they really led the church into some exciting changes. Wow, that's an awesome story. Well, Dave, we thank you so much for for stopping by and talking to us about dysfunctional boards, and and then how to how to maybe take some steps toward getting uh, toward getting those boards turned around. And Dave, do you have any resources that, uh, that a pastor could use, uh, our listeners could use, to work with their boards a little bit more? Sure. Uh, me. <laughs> <You know. laughs> uh, really, uh, you know, where I would, where I would uh, because there's, there's not a lot of material out there. Um, once again, I, you know, I know it sounds like I'm self-promoting myself here, but um, uh, on my website, smallchurchpastor.com, over in my resources page, you'll find what is called my church board training modules. I think there's four or five of them. And, uh, you know, just kind of look that over. They're really inexpensive. These are ways that, that a pastor can, uh, can, can really use me uh, in uh, bringing about some change uh, with their board. Very cool. Well, thank you so much, Dave, for stopping by, and, and we look forward to connecting with you. We've got a phone a phone call coming in from some some board member from your church, so i got to take that. <laughs> All right, that was Irving the Deacon Crane. Oh no, no, no! I'm sorry. No, he was legendary, but not he's not a legendary pocket billiard star. That was Dave J. Now we don't know. Maybe he's got some skills we're not, not aware of. You know, he could. I hey, he could be a hustler. He kind of has that look. He does have that look. He does have he's that a, look. A hustler on the pool oh, table. Oh my goodness. Are you just are you just ruining people at the billiards table, Dave? Just be honest with us, okay? You're sharking people. No, it's Carl's the shark. He's down at the Dew Drop Inn every every Friday oh. night, and he's taking people's money. There it is. See, he waits till about 10, 30, 11 o'clock, then he goes in with his two-piece cue. This is... And while they're a little bit tipsy, then he takes advantage and gets the 20s and the 50s off the this table. This is how he affords to give coaching so cheap. Because he's just wrecking people at pool. No, this is this is 
This is how he sponsors those free coaching sessions. I love it so much. Thank you, Dave, yeah, for being yeah. a bull shark. So, so really, in this episode, what do you need to do in relation to your church board? What do you? What steps do you need to take? Yeah. Do you need to actually email a link to this episode to your church board members to listen to, or do you need to just sit down, pull out your laptop, and listen to it together? Listen, here's what I know. I've been at my church now here for 12 years. Yes, you have. And the to be close to your board members, to be transparent. You think it would be fun? To speak... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> To speak honestly, to have real relationships, I tell you what, that's where the joy in ministry is. Yeah. And do I have all that with all of my board members to the extent that I would like to? No. But I have more than I ever have in my life, and I'm continually on my way spending time with my board members and talking about these kinds of things and, and building those personal relationships. Yeah, Dave has told us on multiple occasions the complaints he gets about pastors, if he were to rank them, up high on the top of that list is boards, issues with boards. So more than likely, you listening are having an issue with your board or have had issues with your boards in the past. I mean, who's ever trained your board member on how to be a board member, Bingo. right? Bingo. So will you show this to them? Will you step out? Will you forward this? How about just one person on your board? How about just the, that one person that you feel like you really can trust? Time to build some momentum. I'm not pretending it's going to be easy, but I promise you that it's going to be worth it. And if you need extra help, call Dave, smallchurchpastor.com. He's, he will help. He will exactly. help you. Exactly. And, you know, we're, we're just moving into when this episode is being released into a new church year. Yeah. Right? We're, we're in August. This is how we count our years, yeah. You know, it's going to take you, if you decide to adjust, change, grow, develop, revolutionize your board situation with you as a pastor, if you want to do that, it is going to take you, uh, it's going to take you a long time, certainly at least a full church year. So if you started in the fall you could make some serious momentum and headway by the end of the school year. If you just want to, like, you know, have a, a weekend retreat and get these guys whipped into shape or these ladies and, and just think that your board is just going to get whipped into shape and you're going to really start moving forward, ain't going to happen. Right. That's the wrong answer. You need commitment. You need time. You need investment. You need care. And you need to want what's best for them yeah. as people, not just so that they can do their best job for you as a pastor or for your church, but that you would want to do what's best for them as people, to develop them, to love them, to give them the best experience in, in their local church that they could possibly have. Yeah, absolutely. We, we believe that this episode is a best of because we believe in the information that Dave has shared. So step out, step up, step uh, step towards your board and, and do something special, do something unique, try something new with them. And, and again, Dave is ready to help. Call him up. He's ready for you. This has been a best of the best of the best. Next week is the final best of podcast. And we have Dave Ronan with us on the podcast. Dave was a conversation that Jeff had without me. I see how it is, Jeff. All the way back to episode 72 from that super secret pastor's retreat it's a phenomenal in western episode. Pennsylvania. Phenomenal episode. It's the best of the best. It's the last one for the month of August, and we cannot wait to see you then on the 200 Churches podcast.
We hope you've been encouraged and inspired by this episode of the 200 Churches podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe at 200churches.com and receive the guy's free PDF download called Our 7 Favorite Ministry Resources. You can count on us to be back next Wednesday with another brand new shiny episode just for you. Until then, may God bless you as you lead and love the people in your 200 Church.